For your consideration for a few moments today, I want to take you to the book of Acts. And we're going to read from chapter 2. So thankful for what I heard this morning. The reading and uh, the fire, the wind, and the what? The water. Amen. All three and more. Significance of the Holy Ghost and the Spirit of God in our life. Amen. And the in Acts chapter 2, I'm sure some of you are familiar with this. If you're not, you need to get acquainted with it today. It said, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. There appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it set upon each of them, and they were all filled. Everybody say all. They were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And there were dwelling in Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. Now when this was noised abroad, the multitude came together and were confounded because that every man heard them speak in their own language. And they were all amazed and marveled, saying one to another, Behold, are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and the dwellers in Mesopotamia and Judah and Cappadocia and in Pontus and Asia, Pergia and Pamphylia in Egypt and in the parts of Libya about Cyrene and strangers of Rome, Jews and proselytes, Cretes and Arabians who do hear them speak in our tongues the wonderful works of God. And they were all amazed. Everybody say all amazed. And were in doubt. Some saying one to another, what meaneth this? Others mocking said, these men are full of new wine. But Peter standing up with the, the eleven lifted up his voice and said unto them, ye men of Judea and all ye that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you. And hearken to my words, for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Amen. And everybody said amen. And you've heard the rest of that already this morning. Let me take you back to verse number 12. And it said, And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, What meaneth this? I want to talk to you for a little while this morning about a question that deserves an answer. Amen. Everybody say that with me. A question. That deserves an answer. Everybody said amen. 
High-five somebody and tell them, help the guy this morning. He needs it. Contrary to what many may think or believe, this Sunday does not represent the birth of a Protestant denomination. This is not the birth of a church denomination. But it signifies the continuation of Christ's work in the world. That the the cross and the tomb and the resurrection were not the end of His work in the earth. The outpouring of the Holy Ghost on the day of Pentecost was the continuation of what Jesus had begun in the flesh. And though there is now no physical body, He is working through a spiritual body called the church. And it was evidence of a new work of the Spirit of God in the lives of men. And today, I don't know about you, but I am anticipating that same kind of move of God's Spirit in this place. The Bible said where two or three are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of them also. I believe that where hunger is, God is always there to fill that hunger. And I have not come this morning to speak to you of the different ways that men and churches have tried to or attempted to explain away this passage and this message that was delivered on the day of Pentecost. I understand that there are some who would like for me to believe that it was just a misunderstanding of Scripture. And there are others who would like for me to believe that this was just a historical event, that the tongues that appeared on that day were for the purpose of the Lord speaking to all of the foreigners that were in Jerusalem. The problem is, if that is my understanding of what happened on Pentecost, then how do you explain Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, where Peter, finding himself in the house of Cornelius, a Gentile, there are no Parthians, there are no Medes, there are no Persians, there are no Arabians, there are no Cretes. They are just Gentiles that are hearing the message of Jesus Christ for the first time. And the Bible said that while he spake, the Holy Ghost fell on them that heard the word. And the way we knew that it had fallen because we heard them speak with other tongues just like us on the day of Pentecost. I'm here to tell you this morning that what happened in Acts 2 is not a historical event, but it is the powerful experience that God desires for every man, woman, boy, and girl on the face of the earth today. And if you believe that, you ought to clap your hands to the Lord right now and give Him that praise. Why don't we just take the literal view that the Word means what it says and it says what it means? Why do we have to explain away 
the phenomena that we do not understand. Would you want a religion or would you want an experience in which you could explain every detail? I like to know that I serve a sovereign God. And if God chooses to communicate with man through another tongue, then I want to be open to receive that means of communication. It is my belief today that when we read the Word, we should accept the Word, that it speaks for itself, and that we should simply receive it and obey it. Either it means what it says, or it must be explained away. And I have come to tell you that you have come into a sanctuary that believes the entire New Testament is still God's will for our lives today. And somebody said, Amen. Amen. Why not? Why don't we make our response to God what their response to God was? That when they asked what this meant, and, and Peter explained to them what it meant, their next response was, Men and brethren, what shall we do? And Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sin, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. You see, we are here today because of the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. If he had not done that, we would not be here today. But because he not only died and was buried, but he rose, we enjoy the spiritual liberty and freedom that we have in this service. And so when we speak about death, we speak about repentance. And we talk about burial. We talk about baptism. And when we speak of the resurrection, we are talking about that glorious infilling of the Holy Ghost. And that, my friend, is the gospel message according to Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. And if it was good for Paul, it ought to be good for you and me today. Amen. Somebody said amen. The Bible says that that event caused a great stir. And it did. It caused a great stir. The reaction of the onlookers was varied according to Luke's writing. They were all amazed. And they were some in doubt. And others mocked. But the Bible says that all of them asked the question, What does this mean? And Peter responded to this question with the answer found in Acts 2.14. And he quoted the words of Joel the prophet who lived hundreds and hundreds of years before this day. But he spoke of a day when God would pour out of his spirit upon all flesh. And Peter said this, what you are seeing right here, what you are hearing right now, what you are experiencing, this is that what Joel referred to and spoke of that was to come. You are now experiencing that same thing. And when Peter got through with that, he went on to preach to them about who they had crucified. And conviction fell on those men and women. 
and they cried out, What shall we do? What happened on that day forever changed the lives of all mankind because a door was opened that could never be closed. A door that still stands open today. And the question still remains in the lives of some. What does this mean? What does this mean, this Pentecostal experience? Not a denomination, not an organization, but an experience, not an emotion, not a gimmick, but a divine experience that you and I can have with the Lord Jesus Christ. It means this, that the promise of God is in the present tense, that God is doing something right now. Everybody say right now. God is doing something right now. What does this mean? It means that God has kept His promise. That God has kept the word of old. That He has done what He said He would do. The prophets spoke of Him. Isaiah 44, 3 and 4 speaks of the promise of what was to come. That promise was foreseen by him ages before Acts chapter 2 ever happened. In Isaiah 44, 3 and 4, he spoke about something that would transpire in the future that would be a type and shadow of what was experienced on the day of Pentecost. And in the book of Ezekiel chapter 36 and verse 26, Ezekiel himself reminded us that God was going to do a work. He was going to put a new heart in man. He was going to put a new spirit in man. And when that came on the day of Pentecost, it was nothing but a fulfillment of the prophecies of the prophets that they all believed in. But more than that, Acts chapter 2 was a fulfillment of Jesus' own promise. For in Luke 24 and 49, he said, But Terry... In the city of Jerusalem until you are endued with power from on high. And again in Acts chapter 1 and verse 4. He said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Don't leave Jerusalem until this happens. For this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. In John chapter 7 He stood at that last day, the great day of the feast. Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me and drink. And out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. This spake he of the Spirit, which had not yet been given. I'm here to tell you that what happened in Acts 2 God wants to do again this morning. And it is simply the fact that God will keep His promises to all of us. Amen. What means this? It means that God's gracious and enabling presence has been poured out in the lives of mankind. It means that His presence is actively working. That God is not somewhere in a distant universe but He is living in our hearts and lives through His Spirit right now. When we talk about Pentecost, there is one word that can define the whole experience, and that is change. Everybody say change. 
The Pentecostal experience will produce a change. Fearfulness was changed. Skeptics were changed. The distrustful were changed. Mockers were changed. Pentecost ushered in a change that has never been changed. And I am thankful for that today that I can still experience that same infilling of His Spirit. If I will open myself to Him, God will do it again. Amen. Somebody say, God, do it again. Is there anybody here today that's hungry for God to pour out His Spirit in this place? Come on, if you are, lift your hands to Him and praise Him and talk to Him right now. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. The powerful outpouring of the Holy Ghost produced a change, a change from death to life. A change that was like being born again or born anew. And that agent of change is the Spirit of Almighty God. It was the same Spirit that moved in Genesis 1 and 1 and 2. It moves in Acts 2 and 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, there was a wind that began to blow. When the Spirit of God began to move, something happened. In the beginning, imagine, if you will, a world that is dark and ominous, chaotic and confused, without life or light or love. And then God moved and everything changed. And think about in our present condition, lives that are broken, a person that has fallen and been destroyed, a man or a woman who is suffering and dying, Envision someone without hope until God moves. And when God moves, everything changed. I want to ask you this morning, does anybody remember the day that God moved in your life? Do you remember that day when death was pushed out the door and life came rushing in? Does anybody remember that the gloomness and the sadness and sorrow of the burden of sin was put out and the joy of the Holy Ghost came flooding? Does anybody here in this building remember what that was like? If you do, you ought to praise Him for it again today. Hallelujah. You see what God did for the cosmos.
right now, Holy Ghost. Move right now.